Hi, hello, and welcome to a new episode of Release. I'm your host, Adriana, and I'm so honored and grateful that you've taken the time to listen to what I have to say. And today, I wanted to say welcome to season four, guys. If this is your first time hearing my voice, hello. If this is not your first time hearing my voice, welcome back. Um, I have decided that for season four... I am going to really be digging into the darker parts of what I feel people need to hear. Because here, my role here, um, yes, this is a podcast and yes I am just a person telling stories but I have organized and I put out episodes because I feel that it needs to be said or I see that someone may need to hear it or um, I may get an intuitive hit that um, it's needed in the collective at that moment but this season i feel and the seasons after i will definitely be opening myself up more in the sense that yes i am vulnerable on every episode from episode one um but my vulnerability has always been um sort of like a room that you can open the the door really easily but there's like another set of doors that maybe it's a little bit harder to open but you can open them and then as you go back there's more and more doors that are much much harder to open than one that's like sealed shut with a lock and like bolts and everything like that's the way that I see my own vulnerability and as I go through and as I slowly open those doors I'm recognizing that people need real people the reason why I think one of my favorite compliments about release is that people tell me that it feels like a conversation and that's exactly what I wanted to feel like I wanted to feel like you're talking to um your sister, um, friend, whatever you, whatever that feeling is that you get when you listen. I want it to feel like you're listening to someone that you can trust and you know that this person is not, um, they're just giving you the facts straight. They're just giving you, uh, the details. They're just giving you the things that they need you to have in that moment and maybe the messages that I'm giving maybe the things that I'm saying now they don't necessarily resonate with you at this moment but maybe they will resonate with you um in a few months in a year in a few years whatever the case may be I lay out the foundation and I lay out all these messages and all of these episodes because I want it to be that when someone needs it they have it because there are a lot of things on my journey that I had to learn from scratch, things that I, thoughts that I had to develop, a lot of the things that I, most of the things that I talk about on here are things that I had to 
learn and relearn and practice. Um, And there are still things that I am practicing and learning. But as I practice and as I learn, I want to send out the information because I know that if I'm learning and if I need it and if I needed it, then there's someone that needs it. So moving forward, I do really want to push myself in that direction because the things that I talk about are deep but they're not digging into the depths and I want to start to do that and I definitely think that possibly having guests that have similar experiences or have um, knowledge on those topics will definitely help because the conversation may feel a little bit easier than just me sitting down and recording uh, myself telling some story for this first episode of season four, I wanted to talk about something. I do want to preface that this episode and this season may possibly have a few trigger warnings and content warnings, uh, which I will be saying during the episode. I will be writing it in the uh, description and I will also be putting the trigger warnings anywhere that I post it on social media because I feel like it's really important that um, even though the information is out there a lot of people are not ready to receive it because they're still in the middle of their pain <clears throat> and because they're in the middle the triggering and the talking about it may not be the best because they're still trying their best to be okay with it um and i understand for certain things the the trigger the triggered feeling does not go away you may be able to listen but you may still feel triggered i don't want to push any kind of um i don't want to just begin speaking without letting you know what i'm going to speak about so <clears throat> whether you are aware or unaware um april is now you're going to be aware, but um, April is uh, Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and before the month is over, I wanted to talk about not my, not the details of my experiences with being assaulted, but more about what came after that um so here trigger warning i will be referencing um assault i will be referencing rape i will be speaking about mental illness to some extent um yeah yeah so Before I start on my story, I just wanted to say that the prevalence of assault and rape and the amount of people that are coming forward every day, or not even coming forward, people that are experiencing these things, it is at such an alarming rate. It is so high that people 
are possibly numb the people that have not experienced it probably don't even understand the weight that comes with an experience like that regardless of uh, these circumstances the experience in itself is a very scarring and lifelong one uh, for me I when I was raped I recognized that I had been assaulted before and that even after that incident I was assaulted and raped by people that I trusted again but I was not accepting because this experience felt like such an alien experience versus in the other experiences where I just wasn't speaking up for myself because I didn't know how to say no I was allowing these things to happen so in my brain I didn't even I was just like oh it's just something that happened when I didn't recognize that I felt violated and I didn't want it but I allowed it to happen because I was literally frozen um but in the specific experience that I want to talk about, um, after <clears throat> it happened, it happened in um, January of 2020, and the March of 2020 was when lockdown. We had our uh, COVID lockdown started, and between January and March, it was very, very hard for me to exist among other people simply because I was processing all of what had happened and I was being told by the person that hurt me that it never happened um and that I wanted it and I was convincing myself that I um had wanted it and then on top of that I was going to church and I was hearing um people be ruthless to about women and their bodies and feeling like oh yeah well I definitely deserve this because as a Christian I shouldn't even be going to a party anyway so like duh it happened to me that sort of mentality which of course is not right and that is not true but in my head I <clears throat> I needed something I needed something to grapple with because it took me a really really long time to come to terms with the fact that not only that it happened, but it took me a while to shift from the victim mindset. I had to. I talk a lot on here about uh, lessons and um, learning from your experiences, experiences. And it took me a very, very long time. It took me a few years to recognize that and find gratitude in that moment and for that person and when i say that you probably think you're like she's fucking crazy like she's gone off the rockers like but honestly i had to realize that that moment began the trajectory of or highlighted because i recognized that i had been spirit had been working on me Source had been working on me for years, little by little, but this was like the first catalyst that forced me within myself. I think that that was my first ego death. Honestly, my first. I don't like ego death because you know, as we've talked about, ego cannot die. Therefore, if you you if the ego is dead, then you're no longer human. So we'll call it ego dissolution. 
um, that part of my ego is dissolved. But my first dissolution, uh, my first real, 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 real dark place, my real uh, first, like I had been depressed before and experienced depression before, but this was my first bout of extreme, extreme, extreme depression. Um, But within that experience, I had to try to find gratitude and I had to recognize that this moment highlighted a lot of the things that I needed to work on. It highlighted that I needed to have stronger boundaries. It highlighted that I needed to be careful with who I was um, letting into my energy. It highlighted the fact that I shouldn't be in places I don't want to be to please anybody else. It highlighted that it is okay for me to speak my mind. Um, It highlighted also that I was actually struggling with a lot of mental illness um, under the quiet, very high, 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 high functioning depression. Um, And I didn't recognize that that was something that was definitely, definitely taking a toll on me. So within those two months between January and March, I... um, It was the beginning of like a very hellish feeling because it was like I was crying every single day. I don't think 24 hours passed. I don't think I could last 12 hours without crying. So I remember one time before uh, lockdown, I used to have my stats class, which stats, man, I can't. I hated that stats class. I literally cried Every single, independent of this experience, I cried during every single stats exam and test that I had. Like, it was traumatizing. I hated that class. But anyway, I remember in March, uh, or maybe it was February, um, I was sitting in that class and I literally could not focus. Because all I was thinking about was how, like, I'm about to start crying. How if this class doesn't end in like two minutes I'm going to have to either run out or I'm going to burst into tears in the class um I think that's one of the reasons why I possibly just didn't like stats and it didn't click because my brain was like not there my concentration was not there at all um and after that class like I ran to the washroom and just like burst into tears there's a lot of I have a lot of memories of me standing or um just sitting in a washroom whether it was a public washroom or you know we're not really sitting in public washrooms because we don't trust toilet seats like that sitting in the toilet in the washroom at home um but yeah sitting or being in a washroom stall and just silently crying even I remember even at church like everywhere I would just it was just constant tears because there was something inside of me that was cracked wide open there was something inside of me that I could no longer 
high, like I said, high, high functioning depression. Like I was used to hiding and covering and being okay um, with everything. And I remember before lockdown, my mom and I were going to church and this was like a Wednesday because there's like Bible study on Wednesdays. And I remember there was this lady that, um, that was standing, like she was waiting for us to cross the street with her or she was waiting with us to cross the street. And she looked at me and she looked at my mom and she smiled and she's like, oh, um, she's so pretty. Why doesn't she smile? My mom looked at me and she's like, why don't you smile? People always say that to me. And normally I would smile. But I remember this vividly because I remember like I looked at her and I couldn't fathom a smile. So I just looked at her and like the thing changed. So I walked away. Um, And my mom after she told me, she's like, that's when I realized that something was wrong because you just you just didn't have it in you at all like normally I would smile but this time it just wasn't just wasn't gonna come like it wasn't just it just wasn't happening and then after um after the lockdown you know like I was stuck in a house with my parents and it's very it's much much harder to hide um my daily occurrences my daily cries um my daily pain um when i am being like my parents are in the same space we're in very close proximity and um that was not i mean eventually my mom was like what is wrong with you because you are not like doing well and we had a conversation that necessarily it didn't make it any better but um I did end up telling her and it yes it was sort of a weight off my shoulders but at the same time it was it's it's a complicated a very complicated feeling um an experience to have and um within this time I started uh going to therapy actually started going to therapy secretly um paying for it out of pocket because I felt ashamed to and scared to let my parents know that I was getting help because if I let them know that I was going they'd be like why what's wrong with you so I just I did it secretly um for a little bit for a little bit um and it was I remember one time um, so this this person that had um, that had raped me and hurt me, he because in my head, I I had as he was telling me that I wanted it, I convinced myself um, that he was a good person and that I actually did want it. And so in order for me to solidify that belief that everyone's a good person. Um, you know, benefit of the doubt, I would find myself in situations with him over and over and over again. He is bigger than me, and he is taller than me and stronger than me, and he has held me down many times and abused me many times because I allowed him, I gave him power in those moments without recognizing that the reason why I was giving him power is because I felt powerless. I felt like this person had seen me 
at my worst. He had made me my worst. So if I was doing this, maybe it was for revenge. I don't know. Um, I never got revenge. Revenge is not what I wanted. I wanted, I just wanted justice, period. I just, I just wanted someone to justify my feelings. I wanted not someone. I wanted to feel justified in my feelings. I wanted to um, really, really tell myself like okay self this is something that happened you are not delusional this is this is um this is it and again i was friends with someone that um definitely was not helping the situation because this was one of the first people that i told but before that that was also the person that okay side note i should not have been friends with this person for that long but the night that it happened um, it was at like someone's birthday party and I had not eaten. If you know me, I have a very hard time with keeping up with an eating schedule. Um, so I had not eaten that day and um, I had eaten like a Nutella sandwich before we started drinking and we were drinking like vodka. Um, very, we were drinking really, really heavy stuff, and because I knew all the people that were at the party, they were, like, giving us shots and, um, giving us joints and blah, 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 so I was very, very, very gone, um, and I am a lightweight, so I was very gone, like, I remember, um, the guy whose birthday it was, it was a house party, and the guy that, whose birthday it was, he had the master bedroom, but because we were friends with him, um, we would just go sit um like in his room and I was trying to walk from the door to his bed and I remember like falling before I got to the bed like that's how drunk I was like everybody was sitting on the couch and on the floor and talking and I was just like laying down like silent and with my eyes closed because I literally could not lift my head up and I don't know how but I got to a washroom um and that person that i was friends with they um i remember i was wearing a fanny pack i had a fanny pack and my phone was in it and he took the fanny pack off of me because i had no strength all i literally had strength to do was to say no I remember saying no many, many times. And before you heard me say that, I struggled with saying no. And the reason why I remember is because I was saying no over and over and over and over and over again. And he didn't listen. Um, he said I never said no. I remember saying it. Um, but anyway, um, my fanny pack was not on me. It was beside me. And I remember like when because i didn't have the strength to do anything when um someone actually knocked on the washroom door which makes it a lot worse because the people that were knocking on the door were one of them was a guy that had followed my snapchat location and knew that i was there but because i don't normally go out he came out to see me and another guy um that was asking me if i'm gonna dance with him and when we're gonna hang out it's very weird and like a really overwhelming situation but i didn't even fucking care about any of that all i cared about was making sure that my friend was safe because i hadn't seen her and we had gone there together so i'm calling this girl i'm texting this girl i'm asking if she's good um no response no reply 
Um, I'm asking everybody where she is. They tell me that she left. I'm like, well, that's weird. I'm like, that's real strange because I would have never left her. There have been many, 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 many situations where I have bitten the bullet and waited for her because I didn't want her to be alone, because I didn't want her to experience anyone taking advantage of her because I thought if I was there with her that maybe it would deter someone that would hurt her from hurting her because there's someone else there that's just my thought like the people that I'm friends with and we had been friends for a very long time so the people that I'm friends with like my close close friends are like my family anybody like it's not only my close friends like any person that I come in contact with that I have any semblance of a relationship with even if you're just a listener on here like I will go a hundred for you any day because every single person deserves someone that will go a hundred for them on all days and that's what I always aim to be for every single person that I come in contact with even if it's just a smile to a stranger I just it's just the way that I am I'm just very protective of my my people and everyone's my people so um anyway so she they told me she left me so i was like bet 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 so i went home and um the next morning i had texted her and i told her and her response was i don't think that that person would do that um which is very interesting because afterwards after she she knows the situation i texted her she was one of the that day like the day after when i woke up i wasn't gonna tell anybody but the way that i felt the feeling that i felt deep in my in my chest i was like okay this isn't something that i wanted i know that for a fact Um, she was one of the first people that i told i only told two people and she was one of she was one of those two people um and um i i um i as i said i was not in a good um not in a good um state mentally obviously it was really really taking a toll on me but i remember she because she wanted to um smoke with this guy she wanted to whatever she wanted to do she would beg me to come with her to the house of this guy was roommates with the guy that it was his birthday so she would beg me to go to this house with her after she knew what had happened and she's like oh he's not gonna bother you um we can just stay locked up in the other guy's room like there's no issues blah 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 and I was like, okay, fuck it. Because again, I did not want her to be alone because I knew the kind of person that he is and I know how men are. So I didn't want to leave her alone. Um, so I went with her. I would go with her. And every time, of course, he would find a way. He would find a way to hurt me. And it... it mm, 
it was just one of those things. It's just one of those things where I really had to recognize that not everybody that is your friend and not everybody that you go a thousand for is going to do that for you. Because at the end of the day, you and that person, um, if y'all are not on the same page, there's going to be issues. Like, especially if you're socialized differently. Um, I was brought up on love. Um, I was my mother... Uh, I love my mother. Um, my mother is a lover. I am so sure that she is a water, a water moon or a water rising. I'm a water rising. Um, the moon, your moon sign depicts your emotions and then your rising sign is sort of how you show up in the world. And I show up as a very, very emotional person. I am just a watery baby. Um, and I feel like my mom is the same too. My dad's a fire sign. He's less emotional than my mom. Um, she's very, very, very emotional. And I grew up on love like my dad shows his love in a different way but i grew up in a home of love everybody around me my family loves me that's what i grew up it's just how i am and i have to love it's just my job on this earth to love i feel like that is like my highest calling i think that's all of our highest callings as humans to just love 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 do everything out of love And as I have been practicing that, I'm recognizing that life gets so much easier when you do things out of love. Like for me, this podcast is out of love and I had to take the time away for myself out of love for myself. Even though I love the podcast, I had to take time out for myself to uh, focus on school stuff. And now as exam season, I have two exams left but by the time that i post this i would be done my exams uh but as of right now i'm taking today because today is um a day where i feel like i can take a little time to record and then um go back to my studying um but yeah you know back to what i i was saying the love that i felt and feel always for everyone i had to realize that not everyone is worthy of the love that i was giving not everyone is worthy of uh of being in that energy because some people are energy vampires. Some people just suck the life out of you. And I realized that that person that I was friends with and that person that hurt me were both energy vampires. And they one was sucking on my, my energy long term and the other just latched onto me. I realized that very early that when you have a certain type of energy, you will attract people that are not good for you because they love your energy and they will stick around they will do anything to be in your energy because i realized for me personally i brought a lot of people peace i don't know why i don't know what it is but i brought a lot of people peace so a lot of not great people uh especially men would stick around and they would latch on to me and they would do everything in their power to keep me with them and around them because of the way that I made them feel and now I'm recognizing that I had to 
understand that like for love of myself i shouldn't have been in those spaces because those people left me drained and dry and sad um yeah so back on topic after lockdown started it was um a lot of a lot of numbness um a lot of disassociation i have a lot of memories um blonde by frank ocean uh that was blonde and control by SZA and Z by SZA those three albums were the albums that I had on repeat and case study 01 okay those four albums mostly controlled and blonde but when I wanted to switch it up I would go to Z and case study but um and case study 01 is by Daniel Caesar and Z is also a SZA album but anyway um those two control and blonde they were the main soundtracks of that time in my life those albums i love those albums i have so many memories of me i remember when i used to work at this one place that was kind of far from my house um and i would bus there and i get off the bus and i had to walk basically along a highway from my bus stop like the bus stop for me to get home was like maybe a 10 minute walk away from my workplace so I had to walk along a highway to get to work and then walk along it to go back to the bus stop anyway I remember walking along this um along this road with just um Frank's voice in my ears and I remember thinking like I honestly could just walk into the street I really like I was just like you know I could dead ass walk into the street right now and then this would be the end of this um and i have also a lot of memories of beginning that walk and then not having any memory until i get into my workplace or getting on because i used to take two buses to get to work and i remember Um, Like, I would remember getting on my first bus, and then I don't remember anything until I'm on my way home from work. Like, I would zone out a lot. Um, And at that point, I, life, living was not fun. Um, Living, there's no joy in living. Obviously, life is full of so much beauty, but I was so deep in my pain. That pain was the only thing that was being reflected back to me. So I was just every day just felt worse and worse and honestly at the point at that point the way that I was feeling the um depths of darkness that I was feeling I honestly was like I'm on a journey like I'm on a journey to not be alive anymore a lot of recklessness and impulsiveness um mostly with just um smoking not cigarettes i would smoke a lot and like i said i'm in lightweight i would smoke two king joints if you know what a king joint is cool if you don't you can google it but i would smoke two king joints to be able to uh, be able to tolerate my boyfriend at the time who i realized in some ways was a punishment to myself as well but 
I would do a lot of things like things like that, like just trying my best to cope because I was very sure that these days would be my last days on earth anyway. So I might as well just go out and gee. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny at all. It's just the way that I said it. But no, in all seriousness, like I felt like, okay, I'm I'm gonna go out anyway, so I might as well just try this and obviously trying that did not work. Um I felt myself it it felt like it was getting worse and worse and yeah therapy was helping but it felt like I, I realized not I felt like I realized that I was not doing the inner work. Like I was going and I was talking about the things but then it was like I'm keeping all of these experiences built up. I remember one time after not seeing my therapist for about a month because I sometimes I believe that my pain is an inconvenience to others, even though I was paying her to listen to me. And I spent about a month not uh, seeing her. And then when I did make an appointment with her, I she's like, okay. Uh, tell me what's been going on. And I start listing out all of the things that have happened to me in that month. And she looked at me and she was like, are you okay? Because one of those things would drive someone insane. And you're dealing with so many arguing. Like, girl, I am definitely not okay. But again, like I said, I was used to balancing a lot of heavy stuff and still trying to show up, um, show up in my life. And I, it took me a really, really, really long time to recognize that my pain could not be silenced and that I had to work through and I'm still working through and anybody that has been um, assaulted there are certain traumas that you experience in your life that although you may heal from them the experience itself and the memory of that experience will always trigger you and it will always stay with you and this is one of those um experiences one of those instances um and then after after um this therapy experience you know time went on i went to the doctor i told her about how i was feeling because my mom said that i should talk to the doctor so I did, and she gave me antidepressants and um, antipsychotics, and I remember, like, that feeling. It was like this feeling of, oh my god, all of this, of course, now, like I said, I had to learn from the experience, and I had to find gratitude in the experience, but at that time, it was a, it was a heavy blame game. Like, I was very much like... Um, now I'm on all these meds because of this person and this person fucked me up, blah, blah, blah. When I had to recognize that, okay, yeah, 
Um, this was illuminated by this person in this experience, but maybe I actually did need them. Maybe this was just the thing that needed me to get there. But of course, I didn't take them. Not of course, but it was very hard. Anybody that has been on antidepressants know that it it's a hard adjustment period. And it may even make you feel worse before it makes you feel better. So that was not the vibe that I was on. But my doctor kept prescribing them. And I kept saying that they didn't, they didn't work because I wasn't taking them. So she would change them. And then I had a lot of pills that were just um, laying around. And um, in the summer of 2020 was the first time that I had um, I had attempted to really honestly like take my life I took a bunch of pills did a lot of crying did um, a little prayer and then I was listening to Blonde of course as I said Blonde is my album um, and then I zoned off into sleep and I woke up the next morning and did a lot more crying um emitted the substances from my body I did a lot of throwing up um yeah and then again in that same year a few months later I tried again of course did not work because I'm here um and all of this to say that all of that all of those experiences and more now i'm not saying that this is the only way to find gratitude in life is to have something really horrible happen to you i hope that you never have to have horrible things happen to you for you to find gratitude in life but for me I now I'm so happy to be alive because I was trying a lot of things to not be alive and I I've seen so many stories of people who succeed people who happen to die in car crashes people that um die by simple things um but I was actively trying and the universe would not let me die but now I'm here and I have so much gratitude for life because I lived a life of death like I have lived a portion of my life that felt like dying over and over and honestly this ego dissolution um that has it has happened to me uh twice I can pinpoint two times in my life where it feels like I've really had parts of my ego dissolve and fade away and I am so grateful for those moments because now that I have died so much, I can finally live in every single moment, every single experience. I'm so grateful for them because they could have not been happening. I could just cease to exist at this moment, but I'm still here and there is so much and I am so ready for myself. And whoever is listening, it's time for us to live a life that we are, that we love. It's time. Life is way, way, way too short. 
life is too short for us to do things that we don't want to do it's too short for us to not do things out of love and i know that this world programs us to do things that we there are things that we have to do and things that we want to do um but i am so grateful that the things that i have to do quote unquote align with the things that i want to do i am so grateful that my passion is people my passion is loving my passion is creating so those things go hand in hand and i'm so grateful that i can go to school and pursue something that i love i can pursue helping other people and that's what i love to do um but for you your passions may be different but i hope i hope i hope you find a way to intersect it may not be in every single part of your life but a way for you to intersect what you feel like you have to do and what you love to do and watch how that intersection allows for blooming to happen watch how things change i i don't think i not that i don't think i know that if i had not gone through those experiences and other things combined and really the universe waking me up like that was really the beginning of my awakening but the universe really waking me up and saying hey babe you're here for a reason you're here to do the thing like we're not gonna let you fall that easily like yeah now we have to clear out a lot of things because if I had not gone through that experience and had all those things illuminated I would not have some of the knowledge I have now I would not have the perspective that I have now um I mean maybe eventually it would have come but it would have come maybe later in life um this whole transformation has been so aligned with COVID to the point like I'm so grateful for COVID I'm so grateful for COVID. The person I was in 2020 going in and the person that I am now are so different. They are so different. And I strive to always be better and always be evolving. Every single day is a little bit of evolution for me. Uh, But all of this to say that you are not alone your experiences are so valid your feelings are valid your thoughts are valid and one day the sun will come out one day you will feel so happy to be alive one day you of course life isn't just gonna not have any problems anymore but one day you'll wake up and say thank you source Thank you, universe. Thank you, whatever name you use for your godhead. Thank you for keeping me here because now I can see the beauty in life. For me, like, I'll go on walks and I'm like, I'm so happy I'm alive because I get to see the trees and I get to watch the world change through seasons and I get to watch my friends, my family achieve beautiful things and I get to experience what it's like to be a human and that experience is so so short it is so 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 short and we do not need to shorten it anymore by allowing ourselves to be bogged down yes bad experiences are gonna come 
Yes, they're going to hurt us. Yes, we're going to need to take time to heal. Yes, we're going to need to take time to grieve and mourn. But within that grieving and mourning, we have to try to find the silver lining. We have to because if we don't, we will be living in our own hells. Um, Last thing I'm going to say is that I... I'm sorry, I started tearing up a little bit, but... um, the last thing that I have to say is that heaven and hell, people talk about heaven and hell as like places. There are places, but they're places in our minds. There are states of mind. Um, I was living in hell for many years because I was allowing myself to go through those dark patterns over and over and over. And I was making myself suffer. But now... But now I'm living in heaven. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that your grief is hell. I'm saying that your perspective. Because grief in itself is a human emotion. It's something that we all have to go through. But making yourself the victim is putting yourself in hell. Trying to find the golden key. The silver lining and everything that is happening allows you to feel a piece of heaven in your hell. For me now, I'm like, oh i'm living in heaven things are light things are better it's not perfect there are many things that are not perfect there are many things i'm striving to be there are many times that i have breakdowns there are many 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 things that happen but regardless i try to find the good in them because this is the experience that we are having for a reason and it is a beautiful experience and one day we will close our eyes and it will be the last time and before between that first eye opening and the last closing i hope that you find passion in your life i really hope that you can find the beauty in your existence because you deserve to feel beautiful and you deserve to live a beautiful life and with that thank you so much for listening thank you for being here thank you for all the support and the love thank you for season four um i am so excited to see where release leads us and the things that i and hopefully guests will talk about so thank you all for listening and i'll catch you guys in the next episode bye